What is up? And welcome back to yet another episode of Think Like Me or Don't. Uh, I am Brett Martineau, your host, as per the usual, and I hope that is not a surprise to you, since the only person that's been on this podcast for the last like three years has been me. I don't think I've had anybody else on uh, an episode for, I don't know, two and a half years, something like that. But all that changes today. I sat down with a couple of really good friends of mine. I'm so lucky and fortunate to be able to call these guys friends and training partners. Um, But uh, Kevin Ross and Marvin Madriaga, who who happen to train down here where I train, um, come by and we have a little conversation about training and fighting and some of the mindset pieces uh, that go behind it. So check it out. Hope you enjoy. Uh, If you have, uh, this is something that we have talked about maybe doing again. So if you have questions for Kevin or for Marvin, uh, you can either drop them as comments. Um, You can go to the, my, go to the website, brettwardjames.com and uh, drop some comments on the blog post there. Uh, Hit us up on YouTube. Uh, You can also, if you download the Anchor app and uh, you can send messages to us and we can actually have them read out loud and then we can answer them as part of uh, one of the episodes. So Hit that up. Hope you enjoy it. And without any further ado, The Soul Assassin and The Mad Lion. It's really Ow. Yeah, he's, got yeah. Some, he's got some toenails, too. That's I don't even right now. I can grab it. I'm going to come back. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So, um, my, uh, so I'll just give a quick little introduction. So welcome, all of you that are watching. I'm here with... Uh, some of you may know him as uh, the Soul Assassin. Some of you know him as just Kevin. Some of you, <laughs> if you're lucky, know him as Huggy Bear. Hey. Which is a big deal. That's a big deal. That's, that's yeah, yeah. I remember when I got to know him as Huggy Bear, and that was I felt very it's a small circle. I felt very proud at that point. Uh, and also joined. Uh, this is his his maiden voyage podcasting. Oh, the Mad Lion himself. Is it podcasting or yeah, it's kind of a little or bit of everything. It's all of the above. I mean, that's what podcasting is these days. Yeah. YouTubing? Video, video yeah. casting. Yeah. Video casting. Video Vlogging. Casting. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what it is. Vlogging that's going to become, a, it'll probably get released as a podcast as well. So, uh, The Mad Lion himself, if you are have any roots in right. San Diego, you know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Although, this is a funny thing. I was thinking about this last night. There, there's only one moment where you'll even like see the mad part of The Mad Lion. And that's like, because he's the, this is what he is. He's the opposite of mad all the time, except when you find him, I can see it. Or when you spar and, and you catch him with something. If and you then punch it's like, me, I'll punch yeah, you. Yeah. If, if you hit him with anything, <laughs> then all this laughing goes away and he gets this look on his face and you're like, I'm it's like a, it's like a pouty baby face. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's very thoroughly upset. scary. It's very upset. And very angry. It's like a, a pouty baby face. <laughs> And there's t- one little tear. Yeah, a little tear. Yeah. How could you do that? But mostly anger. Mostly anger. It's like when your parents say, no, and you do it anyway. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to do every time we're sparring, is I'm saying, no, no I'm stop not hitting me. me. I'm going to stay over there. And he looks exactly <laughs> what you look like. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very good description. So uh, I uh, just quick background. I, I've been talking with Kevin for a while about um, him starting his own podcast, and uh, he apparently yeah. needed a little bit of help. So, uh, so, so, so he decided, yeah, to, we're going we're gonna to join over here and, and make something awesome. But the big thing is I uh, started watching um, – I'm not a huge basketball player or fan. I come from a, a, a basketball family. Uh, I'm t- yeah, I know. I have a lot of wasted – What's wrong with you? A lot of wasted 
body size yeah. over here. I played volleyball, so I got kind of some of that. But anyway, uh, but I, I for some reason I got into watching um, old uh, like NBA highlight shows on YouTube, and there's one where there's a bunch of old '90s uh, like superstar basketball players, and then this white guy who asks them a bunch of questions, and I thought. I fit perfectly in that white guy's spot. And I know <laughs> some people that definitely fit the bill for OG status. So I thought, uh, you know, come in. And, and by the way, if you haven't checked it out, it's called Open Court. Just search Open Court on YouTube. It's actually, it's fascinating. But I think the, the thing really that got me started with it, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think, is they talk about the debate of Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, right? Which is a debate that we don't care about. I, mean, I don't know what you guys do, but I definitely don't. <laughs> not even but what they talk about is the difference between the two when you're talking about elite, like championship level, best, greatest of all time type fighters. Uh, play, see, this is the problem. I'm going to say fighters every time. Is they talk about the mindset where when Michael Jordan would play, the score was always 0-0. Zero, zero. He was always out to dominate whoever was in front of him. And it didn't matter what happened. And there's story after story after story of somebody talking trash to him and then him scoring 65 points, which I didn't really have any uh, context for, but that's a lot. <laughs> it's like a lot, a lot of Is points. Good? Yeah, yeah. So my, my, uh, my thought, what I think is really interesting to, to discuss is the mindset of a, of a champion or at least like somebody that you think, this is somebody who's going to go down in, in history as, as one of the greats. And that mindset, like like, we joked about it before, but I feel like uh, that that mode that you go into when we spar, both of you do it, honestly. You guys just love, I just leave the body and you just go for it. But it's this mindset of outside, once this round is over, everything sort of resets. But for right now, my job is to win. It's not about like trying to be fun, just trying to have a good time. But it's like I need, to, in order to, to sort of sharpen my skills, I need to prove that I can dominate. That's what it looks like from my end. And that could just be because I'm getting destroyed every time. <laughs> but, but what do you, I mean, what do you guys think as far as like that being uh, a mindset going into a sparring round or a, or a, a training session or a conditioning or a fight? You know what I mean? What's the, what's, how, how does that, how does that mindset sort of play into what you guys, how, how you guys approach fighting? Well, it's, it's different. When you're in training camp compared to outside of training camp, there's like that switch that goes on, like you said. But um, yeah, the intensity is a little bit different. Um, but if it's like not in training camp, I kind of try to learn a little bit more. When it's in tra training camp and when you got to fight, there's a little bit more pressure and trying to, I guess, win, you would say. But I don't know. What do you think? Man? Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, there's so many different um, aspects of training and fighting and levels to it, and, and everybody kind of has their own approach and mentality. And, and you know, some people have that Marvin thing, which is like, "You hit me, I'm gonna kill you now." Yeah. Or and which, then, by the way, I just wanted to point out, even if you're outside of the training camp, I feel like that's a switch that sometimes oh, yeah. for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, if you yeah. have that switch. You go to it, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like no matter what you think you're trying to do, there's like this mode that sort of activates mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, now, now it's time to go to work. Like now we're going to do some stuff. Yeah, it's um, finding that kind of balance between the two to where you're still being mindful about what you're doing and not being too emotional. 
I mean, sure. that that's where a lot of people struggle, it's emotional people, <laughs> you know, and then they start doing stupid stuff because they're they're too emotional yeah. and then not be technical about it. But at the same time, you don't want to be on the other side either, where you're overly analyzing, overly thinking about things, um, and there's no 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 uh, activity. You know, right. you're thinking too much. Sure. And it's a very uh, uh, delicate line between the two, and we're constantly kind of jumping on either side of that, trying not to go too far one way or too far the other, um, um, especially when it comes to fighting. You know what I mean? Like training, it just depends what you're doing. Sometimes you, you need to be thinking about it more than just, just mindlessly doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a, it, it's a tricky thing, and it, it's a very interesting thing to, to watch. Um, how everyone has kind of a different approach and mentality behind it and, and reason for what they do. There, There's the emotional fighters uh, like Marvin and Joe Schilling and mm-hmm. guys like that, and then there's the completely unemotional people as well. Um, you know, everyone, everyone just has to kind of find their own way. That's why you can't just replicate anybody else's thing because it, it won't work. Like if I try to do that, I, I fight terribly. When I'm overly emotional, it's just a it's a bad thing. I, I had one fight where I was emotional and it was awful <laughs> because I was pissed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it took me. I mean, it turned out great, but but the first few rounds I was just getting annihilated because I was overly emotional. I was pissed off, you know, and I just wasn't working correctly. Sure. Like I'm I'm not. I don't do good on emotion. I do good with like passion, but not anger. Sure. Which is sure. A, another fine balance. Do you find people. that like? Like I think, I think probably being able to find that play, whether it's whether it's pulling from emotion or pulling from technique or pulling wherever you're pulling from, I feel like there is this mode that you you kind of have to be able to activate at will. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I feel like when I first and I I have I, I almost feel unworthy to even call myself a fighter <laughs> considering who I'm sitting. You with. fought, man. You but fought I have fought a couple of times, so we're gonna we're gonna you go with that. Before? But I feel like, and, and it's actually good because it kind of illustrates when you're starting out. It my first couple of fights, I I it wasn't until the bell rang that I even knew the first, my first fight until that first bell rang. I didn't even know what that mode was. I'd never experienced yeah. it because mm-hmm. I was always very passive. Very you know, we could talk for hours about family life and like what <laughs> how it how it comes to be. But I had never actually been there, and it wasn't until training for the most recent fights that I found that I could turn it on at will. You know, like there were moments. But I feel like I'm, I'm kind of what you're talking about, Kevin. I'm in that mode where I haven't quite figured out the, the, the way, how to access that without necessarily jumping in too far into emotion. I have to all the time. Too emotional. Yeah, I get caught with something, and I can see the, the malice from the other guy, and I'm like, all right, now... I'm going to take your head off. And like it's zero to like a thousand. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But did you guys find that it was hard to find that? that For spot? me, like right now, I feel like I'm starting to get used to like trying to feel out whether I'm going too far or not turning at all, turning on at all. And then just recently working with this guy here doing light sparring because usually I get too emotional in fights and then starting to drill light sparring like having that, being able to go slow and land stuff with with technique and everything, I was just starting to come out in my last fight. But before that, all my fights were super emotional. That's kind of 
like finding that barrier and balance for me took a while. And I haven't, I'm, I'm still new to the sport, but I've been fighting for like 10 years now for myself. But I feel like not until this last fight or that camp before I started to be able to find that, that barrier, like, or that ledge. If I'm going off too far, sure. getting too bad or not turning it on and off. So did you find though that, that, uh, so, you know, obviously there's like the, the spectrum of how going too far when you get into that mode, but did you find that like turning that mode on at all was difficult before you started fighting? Like, uh, for me, it was, it was pretty easy. Like some people are different. Man. Yeah. Um, but right away I knew I had that switch because I got hit once by my brother. I was like, you're not going to kill me. <laughs> and it just started swinging. Man. But after that, I ended up like two black eyes. I remember he need me and I fell off the ring or got tangled in the ring. And then Kane's wife, Sabrina, she's like, stop, Lawrence. Don't do that to him. And then I, I um, <laughs> don't hurt the poor I was boy. Like, after that whole experience of getting beat up, I was like, I think I could do this. And I came back. Came back again, got beat up, got beat up again, and then started getting a little bit better at not getting beat up. But a lot of that training for me was, or what saved me was having that, that little... Being able to go there. Yeah, yeah, being able to go there. But I naturally just had it. But now I'm just trying to find that barrier of not getting too like going there, sometimes. but not going yeah, too far. Yeah, Because yeah. I get burnt out, dude. Like, oh, sure. That's so I was, when I was younger, I was able to maintain it. But now, um, like... If I start too early, by the time it's like second round, I'm like, man, I need to find that that pace where I can right. maintain, but not. Well, because now you know you out. know how to use yeah. your energy more. Like you know how to throw something harder. Starting to starting yeah. to like figure that that barrier out. But for me, it took longer. I don't know for for other people, it might be shorter. So, what about you, Terry? What 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 was your journey like? You've been around doing this for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. Dig <laughs> dust off the cobwebs. <laughs> I don't know. Like like. I always tell people like those first ten fights, you just got to get those out the way because you, you're just functioning on autopilot. You know, like I kind of feel like, I mean, there's no magic number, but but at that point you slowly start to be able to think a little bit more about what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, doing things with intent as opposed to just uh, instinct. You know, and, and and gradually there's more and more and more. Um, but then, then you get to a difficult place where, where it becomes too much of that, which is where I'm at now. Only when I'm fighting people that are lower level than me or not as experienced. You know, the, uh, the tough thing I've been dealing with over the last, I'd say, five years is, you know, 95% of my career I was fighting people that were 100 times more experienced, better, higher weight classes, all these things. So I was always fighting up all constantly fighting up and it was a sudden shift where all of a sudden people are fighting up to me it wasn't a gradual thing it was just one day i'm fighting these people and then the next day i'm fighting these people and it was uh it's very difficult for me to turn that on when i don't feel threatened it sure. I, I tend to fight to my opponent's ability level so if it's up it's great right <laughs> but if it's below me i tend to drop down and just like because I don't feel threatened, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't really do a lot. You know, obviously, if you get caught with something, you get caught with something, but I'm not, I'm not uh, fighting at the highest of, of my ability level. Sure. So now I'm in a position where I need to do that with intent on, and on purpose because before I never had to think about it, you know, and that, that's been something I've had to work through and learn. Um, 
over, over these last uh, several years. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's interesting to me because it's, you're, you're, you're talking about, you, you really didn't have to think about whether you could turn it on because it always had to be on. I have a choice. Right. Yeah. Which I think is an, actually another interesting point, which I think you uh, and some of the guys that came up when you did, and I think Marvin's in the same, the same boat, you have said so many times, and I, I like that you brought up the get your first 10 fights out, out of the way, because you've said in a lot of different situations that you're trying to fight as often as you can. Mm-hmm. And when you were coming up, that was like your thing. I'm, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, remember you told the story you took a boxing fight. Like, mm-hmm. what was it, like two hours notice? <laughs> like, just your life. Yeah. You know, sure, sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. And I feel like that that might be, uh, that's, an, that's an interesting, like, I guess the question really there is what what was it that drove you to have that mindset? Like fight always. It, I need to get well, beyond what I'm For me, it was starting so late. You know, I didn't start until I was 23. Um, always knowing how far behind I was considering where I sh- most people start, where I should have started. So I'm always playing catch-up. So it was that, that constant need to do more and more and more and more. Uh, it's never enough. There's never enough fights. You're, you're never good enough. Um, so I'm constantly like my my bar is so high in my eyes. You know, I'm I'm, I'm um, putting more pressure on myself than anybody else ever could. So it didn't matter to me. It didn't matter really who was in front of me or, or anything like that because um, I'm trying to do make up for so much lost time that that was just a constant thing. That's why I was continually trying to fight the best people I could get in there with regardless of, of the situation or circumstances and uh, um, as well as every time I'm in the gym that's what my mentality was it wasn't uh, I'm gonna go on vacation or do anything like every day I'm in here is, is this is my purpose and whether I'm in here or, or outside of here I'm in here in my right, mind right um, and that was just from from day one that, that was my mentality uh, Marvin what's what's been your approach to that like I know it's a little bit different because now yeah. we're in a different time where fighting isn't quite as available. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just fight all the time. I, I think all of us wish that we could fight more. Yeah, that it was something that was a little bit more readily available. But I feel like, and both of you can respond to this. I feel like now each individual fight is given a much more weight than maybe it should be in the, in the sense of like somebody's career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're the, the attitude of like let's fight as many times as we can. The more important thing is the experience you gain, not the individual record coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I had school and work. So that was that was the main thing to get get done and made sure I had I could make a living. But um, that was my goal too was to fight as much as possible. But I had other things, you know, I um, college and then just making sure I could make ends meet on the work side. And then once I started going with with flights back to back and starting to build momentum I ended up getting injured. But with um fights are like your it's your experience. So you it's gonna help you level up. If you take time off then you'll start to lose it, you know? So and then with Muay Thai it's not as available as like I'd like it to be for for competition stuff. So I feel like I have more room to grow in these that um on my my time off but I couldn't get enough fights for myself, you know. So I f- right now, I'm just trying to play catch up from from all that time lost from being injured. But yeah, if for me, it's like 
I want to get as much fights as I can, but I have work and stuff and then injuries plaguing me. But hopefully this year I can get on a consistent base where I can start to get better, get better fights in, get my credibility up. Again. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think yeah, that, that, and something shifted for me this last, it's kind of ironic that this shifted for me in my mind. And then immediately after I had those fights, I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't fought in a year. But something shifted for me right before I came back and was going to do the Arizona tournament last year and then the two fights that I took right after. Because I did. It was back to back to back. Mm -hmm. And each of those fights I did better yeah, than the last just, one. You know it, what I mean? You shoot up and yeah, experience yeah, by it was, that. It was, but the thing that shifted for me was I realized, okay, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about how I do. I am obviously concerned about how I do. But I'm not as concerned about how I do in each individual fight as much as I am getting the experience fighting a bunch of times mm -hmm. and thinking this is one of many. Yeah. Instead of this is like, because before that, and, and I, th I think maybe a lot of young people coming into the game have this mentality because of what they see, mm -hmm. which we'll get to, into in a second. But, but for me, it was like, I need to, I want to, I just want to fight more times to get that experience. And mm -hmm. I feel like that shift um, made a difference. And then obviously came out and won the last one and felt really good about myself. And I was like, ah, I'll just rest my lower <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. nine months goes by and we're talking about maybe fighting again but do, do you guys think that young fighters that are coming into the game now have a different attitude about it than, really? than you guys did yeah well especially for me you know when I started it was you know this sport was completely unknown unheard of definitely not out there I mean I started before there was even YouTube you know so you didn't see anything like like the only people that saw the fights were people that were at the fights, you know. And there was no ulterior motivation to do this. There 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 was no exposure. There definitely was no money. Um, there was there wasn't even like a place to go to where a person you could view as like I'm gonna get to where they're at one day. There was nobody other than the highest of high levels, you know. Um, so it really was just just every person involved in the sport was only doing it for the, the exact same reasons, for the passion and love for it. Now, with, with, you got to take the good that comes with the bad, like, like there's much more exposure, there, 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 there is the smallest amount of money involved and, um, you know, things like that, but then you got to take the kind of the bad, like the negativity that comes with that. Maybe people aren't doing it for the, the same kind of reasons as you. and people rush to get to the spotlight or before that you weren't in a rush, like you were just in a rush to get better, right. not to get to this place where you think everything's cool. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very, uh, it's a very different approach and outlook. Um, now I, I find where, where before that there, you would never do it for that reason because it wasn't available to you, you know? So everyone really was on the same page as far as mentality. For the most part, of course, those things are always are always there, but there was a, a, a larger majority of that mindset of people than there is today. And I think that anyone coming up or anyone starting the sport is the more you can have that mentality and approach and to just, just do the work continually, continue being testing yourself and, and regardless of the outcomes um, or and regardless of where you think it might get you. You know, just keep your head down, do the work, and then continually push yourself is what will inevitably make you as good as you can possibly be, and, and you never really know where that is going to be. Have you found, Marvin, having come into the game a little bit later, mm -hmm. uh, that it's, 
like it, like having that attitude is more difficult or is it that the like culturally the people that are fighting as they're coming in is like they just think about it differently are there this is a question for both of you actually do you think that there are outside influences that make people think about fighting differently for me it was my my brother so he was kind of brought up the same time as kevin so i always had that type of mentality it's just like get your experience in keep fighting keep getting better um so i was lucky enough to have my brother right um like i'm not too sure on like the other side of things i guess but luckily my brother kind of raised me and put me in the right path sure. to, to get better in, in muay thai like i my goal was definitely money it was just to get better as a martial artist you know and get as much competition and experience as i could and then i had work and stuff you know other stuff to get to get right to so my kind of my i was kind of spreading myself a little thin because i was trying to get through like school work and everything but like luckily my brother kind of guided me along that way and just like helped me through that process um that was kind of my, my upbringing for like getting started because he was there to kind of save me at any time like he he would like tell me abc and just get it done you know i i do it i had him there kind of as a mentor the whole time so i was lucky enough to have my brother like guiding me through that process i don't know if that makes any sense no yeah, yeah. i mean having having an influence from yeah. that era i think does make a huge difference mm -hmm. i mean even so when i met kevin i think i had fought once when we first met mm -hmm. uh, and i think you said something to me it's always stuck with me. Uh, well, a bunch of just everything you said. <laughs> just one thing with me, yeah. But one thing, one thing specifically that I always remember. Anytime I go to hit the bag or, or do a training session, is you can never be good enough at the fundamentals. And that 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 aspect of like bringing that to somebody who's brand new, who has I had no martial arts experience before this at all. I had been training. I literally had like martial arts experience for like six months, eight mm -hmm. months by the time we met. And, and I, I totally agree. I think that to a certain extent, being able to have somebody that comes from that era kind of imprint that attitude on you where it's like, it's not about flash. It's not about show. It's not about, you know, how many times you can win. It's about getting better as a martial artist, um, which I think is a, that's a, that's a powerful thing to remember. And I, and I, I agree. I think that, you know, a lot of the guys coming up maybe don't have that, but that comes to the next question, which is, and this is just, I don't know the answer. I don't know that there is a correct answer, but just to talk about it, do you think that? Do you think that the reason why young fighters coming up have this different attitude towards fighting is because, like the the variables have changed, like the game has changed enough to where, like for them to be successful, they have to approach it a different way, or do you think that it's like, you know, every, everybody should approach it, even the, even though now as as you start to get more money. Uh, in in Muay Thai, as you start to realize that in order to make any like the the real money, so to speak, that's in Muay Thai, which isn't very much, you kind of have to play the game as it is. If that makes sense, like like do you you know somebody that's coming up now, they may think, oh well, it seems like there's a quicker way for me to get to where I want to go, which is to not focus on fundamentals, but rather go after you know some of these other some of the, you know some other goals, or I just need to win as many times as I can, or whatever, and instead of having that mindset. Yeah, that that's uh that tends to be the the problem is you think there's a way to do it, and that there there is no way. Uh, and what happens a lot is people think, oh, if I like run my mouth a lot and like make this noise, it's gonna give me the benefit. When when that tends to be counterproductive, sure, you know that. Um, 
you have to do the way that works for you. And, and, and everything is based in that, those fundamentals that, that like do the work, push yourself as hard as you can, try to raise your level each time through the process of that, those things come. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to be aware of the adjustments you need to make and the, 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 the things that can kind of help get you out there more and that kind of thing. But all of that is still based in the same things that like that never changes regardless of the exposure that there is nowadays and the visibility and with uh, social media and all those things far too often people are too concerned on that and less concerned on what really gets you to the place you need to be. So it's like, yeah, people can see you, you have all these followers and things, but, but you're not actually doing the work. And one day that you're going to have to pay the bill, you know, and, right. and you're not going to have the, anything to, to back that up, you know? And, um, again, you know, when we came up, that wasn't an option, but it's easy to say that and view it that way, but there were still people with that mind frame back then where it was all just about how I look and like, and then like in that kind of thing on a smaller scale sure but but that mentality hasn't changed now than than it ever was back then there's just different ways to go about it is all you know but um it's really about the people who all kind of had that same approach and mentality are the ones who actually made it and, and everybody else never did anything other than people thought they were cool <laughs> until they until, until they, they weren't oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. like eventually you're gonna have to prove that you are who you say you are you know that that's what i find uh you know it's like you can put as much as you want out there but eventually you're gonna have to prove that you are this person you say you are you say you're doing all this work you're saying you're training hard you ride these things but right. the right. results speak for themselves right so so you can say that but you better be able to back it up and most of the time what I see nowadays is, is people can't back it up, you know. And it's a, it you feel like it's a, it's a, and being a part of the, the younger crowd coming up, do you feel like there's a, almost a, you feel like you have to put that out, you have to like be uh, somebody who's people are looking at because that seemed like, not, not to, to dog on MMA, but do you feel like because of what's happening in MMA, and especially UFC right now, where it's, it's, it's all about who can talk the best trash? It's happening a lot. You know. You're seeing that, but yeah. Keep going. I'll shut the door. Keep talking. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, do you feel do you feel like pressure to like I don't, I don't think you feel pressure to talk trash because yeah. you don't, but to like be in the in the public eye in the sense that like we talk about like selling fights, mm -hmm. right? So that's like a practical application of what we're talking about. What's what's is for is there a line in your mind, and what is the line between like? Okay, I need to like put something out there so the fans will come and it'll be a fan yeah. Versus me like, personally, man, I don't like the, the shit talking. And I don't know, man. It's like I personally don't like it, but some guys do it and it, it works for the for them, you know. But again, at some point, you're gonna have to prove yourself, and I that's that's one thing. There's always somebody better than you out there, you know. You're gonna have to back that stuff up, and then. All that shit talking goes to waste, you know, you see it in a lot of fights. But for me, like, my outlet is being funny. <laughs> I like being funny. That helps. That, that seems to you are, you are easily work. easily world champion gold medal. <laughs> well, that. that works for me, man. But, yeah, man, some people like to talk. I, I personally don't like it. Um, 
and then for some people it works, you know, they're, they're able to back it up and that's their outlet. Um, yeah. Do either of you ever feel, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to say intimidated because I don't think that either of you is capable of truly like deep down inside being intimidated. But do you ever feel, you know, way based on something that somebody said going into a fight that it affected you mentally? No. In either direction? Like where somebody says something, you're like, okay, I got this guy. Or somebody says something, you think, oh, I got it. Or do people just not talk trash to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I've had a couple of people talk trash, but it's never really affected me. More so, it's like me trying to like control myself. Sure. You know, it's like earlier we talked about not uh, getting too mad or, or anything, but that's just something that happens to me. Like, it's not something that somebody said. It's like me internally just like getting pissed off at the fight. But yeah. It's never been affected from like somebody directly talking trash to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all it does for me is motivates me more. You know, um, it never has gotten in my head or anything like that. And, you know, what, touching back on what we were saying earlier is I don't, th I don't think there's right or wrong as far as, you know, whether you run your mouth or whether you don't. What, what I, when I, what I find to be the problem is when you pretend to be a way that you're not, you know, this is something I talked to Joe show about years and years ago. <laughs> like, cause I was always like, why do you, why do you have to be such a dick all the time? Dude? <laughs> and the thing was like, he tried to start being like nicer, but I was like, don't do that either. You know, I'm just <laughs> right. like, I'm like, you don't need to go out of your way to be mean. Like, like if you don't like somebody, don't like them and then like be vocal about them be yourself and, and that's really what it is like you just need to be whoever you are don't think if, if i talk trash that's going to get me this or if i'm humble it's going to get me this if you are that way be that way you know you do need to emphasize some things but don't ever try to be someone that you're not because it will only ever backfire you know what i'm saying sure. so so like i'm saying uh i don't think it's bad for people to talk trash I think it's bad for people to do that because they think that's what you're supposed to do you know yeah if that genuine motivation and feelings are there let them out yeah let, it's good it's, I think it's great for people to have emotions and, and to, to be very uh, um, honest with how they're feeling what I don't think is good is when you're pretending to be something because you think that's going to give you a result that right. you want you think the show is the point right but really it's and that just and you know I think so part of the reason why I'm digging into this, because I, first of all, it's fascinating to me as a as a fan of the sport, uh, but also because I, I I honestly feel like there is a difference between people coming up now fighting here versus what you would see in history and even nowadays fighting in Thailand, mm -hmm. where so come, most of this comes from so I watched a, a clip from the documentary that they made when Sanchai fought Pet Bunchu at the the last Lumpini stadium that documentary they made. Mm -hmm. There's a spot where leading up to the fight, they're doing an interview with the two guys, and there, you could not have a different, like, uh, uh, a more stark contrast between, like, what you see with UFC lead-up interview fights where they're, like, the two guys are talking to each other than these two. They were just standing outside looking at each other, and, and Pet Bunchu is, like, making jokes about what Senchai's going to do, and then Senchai's making jokes about what Pet is going to do, like, the whole time. And and I feel like, and I don't, I don't have enough experience to know whether there is like trash talking shit talking that happens over there. I would imagine that at some level 
it's a human thing. But so the really the, what I'm getting at is, are we because we fight here culturally in a, at a you know is is that something that is more important over here because the fans maybe have less attention span or you know whatever not not to you know down talking that way but you know like because because more of the people that came up in the old days older days I'm not trying to make you look like you're old Kevin <laughs> I know what you mean but uh, have that sort of Thai tradition mm-hmm. right where this is kind of we're here to improve ourselves that's yeah. the point yeah um, but do you feel like we're we're disadvantaged because like disadvantage is really that word, but it's just a different, it's a different sort of game that we're playing over here with UFC and all this stuff. Different culture and the having social media, it's more out there. People see that and think it works. So we start acting a certain way, you know, like, like Connor, you know, mm-hmm. that ended up becoming a trend with fighters just shit talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because because it's available to them on social media, so that's why people. Well, but they saw they saw here's a guy who is coming up in a sport mm-hmm. that even at the time didn't have much more money than Muay Thai had. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like it MMA had definitely more money than than Muay Thai had in UFC for sure. But he comes up in a sport. He's unlike anything we've ever seen before, and I say we anything anybody had ever seen before, and uh, then they see the result, which is which, what what what's the perceived result, which is this dude ends up with millions and millions of dollars. And so somebody coming into the fight game from any angle, like that's kind of what I'm getting at is our, you know, because of what, where we're at, do we, do we have to, you know, do you, do you feel like we have to, people still need to understand that they might need to play the game or is it, I mean, I like what you say, Kevin, just be who you are, but is there a little bit of like, okay, maybe we need to come out of our shell to like, from a promotional standpoint or like selling fights, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I think that it's you have to be willing to take whatever comes with it, the good and the bad. So if you're if you're willing to do this, you got to take all the bad things that come with that, and possibly the good things that come with it as well. Yeah, maybe it will help you get more visibility and exposure, but it also might get you blacklisted from shows and from events and, and things like that too. You know, so. It's a, uh, you have to be willing to pay the price for anything you do, you know, and, and again, there, there is no guarantee that this will get you the result that you want. So you better be certain this is like what you want to do and who you are and what you're willing to risk and put out there, you know, particularly nowadays when it is so visible and we're all out there um, and, and that doesn't ever go away. Sure. You know, so, so if you're going to put something out there, it's going to, it's going to be there forever. So you better own it. Sure. Well, so to shift gears completely, uh, the, something that I've always been interested in, being young to the sport and having only had like two different, I've only trained at one gym and I've only trained, I've trained with the same people until Jesse came, like it's been the same people the whole time. Um, what have been your, what's something that you've like specific that you can remember that you carry with you that you've picked up from different trainers that you've worked with or from trainers that you maybe didn't work directly with for an extended period of time, but you had a chance to like, they held pads for you or they gave you some correction or something like, is there, is there anything that you can remember from a particular trainer that was like, this is something you need to work on. It's like held you and, and carried you through something you, that you remember. So mine was uh, fundamentals, you know, which is obviously the, the, what I, what I express 
in the way I teach and, and what I still do to this day. Um, and that all came from my first gym with a master toddy, you know, that was every single day we started out drilling fundamentals every day. And what I still do to this day. Um, and you can really see how quickly everyone was able to develop and how they were able to go in there against people at a higher level because they still had a solid base and foundation. They might not have the ability um, to, to, to beat this person, but they're not, they're also not getting just wiped on the floor either, you know, cause they still have a solid base and foundation. Um, and, and, and unfortunately that's what I find lacking so much these days. Um, particularly when it comes to MMA and that, that kind of thing, because, because, a lot of people are coming from different sports and they, they kind of skip over the basics because they have the athletic ability to do these other things. Um, but the problem being when somebody is versed in whatever they're good at and has fundamentals, they get crushed, you know, and that in, in any sport that is. Um, um, but yeah, in, in, in all the gyms I've been to and teaching, training and all that kinds of thing that, that's what I see across the board is people's just absolute lack of understanding of fundamentals. Um, and, and it's almost like we skip over uh, preschool and jump to college, sure. you know, yeah. with yeah. no education. You know, so it's on the, on the surface, it seems like you're doing all the right things. But when it's time to uh, get tested, you're going to fall apart because it, it's not based in anything. Um, and, and the unfortunate part of that is you've done so much work, wasted so much time just on surface things, sure. you know, and, um, yeah, really just, just, just the more we can, um, get back to simple things, you know, being very, very, very simple about everything that we do, it allows you to be complex later on. Sure. Sure. You know, I remember to, uh, and I can attack anybody who knows Kevin knows that he's, his thing is fundamentals, but. Test. We spent an hour one time just throwing body hooks, just a left body hook. And again, I don't think I got any better. <laughs> a whole hour back and forth just throwing body hooks. And like I figured out like one little thing about like I still don't have like this shifting weight back and forth thing down, but like just at least getting it, you know, getting extended. But that now, now, because of that experience, now when I go hit the bag, I'll spend two or three rounds and I'll stop and I'll be like, okay, distance. Am I shifting my weight? Am I doing my thing just to focus on that one thing? Yeah, I think I think the thing is like at, at first it seems very boring and repetitive, but once you really understand how complex these movements are and how much can be adjusted and fixed and, and, and how much can get better, you learn to really love and appreciate those things. Sure. You know, and like how much goes into just one simple punch and how complex just a jab can be. You spend your whole life on a jab and still never do it, right? Right. Or, or, or never explore the, the, the whole aspect of it. So we we, we we get distracted by movements and, and, and complexity and then all these things, which which are great, but they have to still be based in, in fundamentals. You know, I had a guy <laughs> hit me up yesterday. He's like, you know, you really uh, contradict yourself a lot. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? Can, can you give me an example? And he said, yeah, you're always talking about like fundamentals, but here you are doing like spinning elbows and all this fancy <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yeah, what do you think gives me the ability right. to do that? Right. He's like, well, I don't know. 
Yeah, funny, man. Like, yeah. That's the point. That's He's like, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I guess so. I'm like, no, that is why. I'm like, you clearly just don't understand it, you know, right. sitting on the outside. Right, right. But but that is what allows people to do the fancy stuff. The best fighters in the world have the greatest fundamentals, or at least knowledge of those things. Right. You know, that gives that allows them to do things that are dangerous or put themselves in bad positions because they they're secure in what it is that they're, they're doing sure sure yeah yeah i think for me when when i first started and made that transition into um, into pro and throwing elbows i think when i first learned the elbows i called like, oh, man i can do this to somebody and then actually landing into a landing it in a fight that was probably one of the most memorable things is like landing my first elbow after I had learned it and drilled it a bunch of times and applying it in, in a fight was probably like the biggest thing I remember. And it, it's something that I still try to do now. I'm still terrible at elbows, but it's still something that I'm constantly learning. Yeah, I had a, good, a few good yeah. ones in this last fight. I remember. But I think when I first started learning elbows, that was like what really, really turned the the gears for me was there a lot of time i actually wanted to know that kevin was there a lot of time when you were getting started between when you weren't using elbows to when you started using elbows i yeah. would imagine that you went like you skipped well that, so that we have to go through yeah <laughs> yeah so fortunately or unfortunately for me however you want to look at it um we got to start fighting four rules i mean i was still amateur and but we were basically fighting pearl rules no gear eight ounce gloves Full, no, full. not even elbow guards. No, I've never fought with elbow pads ever. Because um, we had a little in with the uh, commission and everything with our training and stuff. So, yeah, I got to fight uh, full rules right away. And I think that's why people think I have a lot more professional fights than I do. Um, because I've had so many of those. Sure. You know, so I got to, uh, yeah, I got to jump right into the, the deep end from uh, relatively <laughs> day one. Which is... Uh, you know, good and bad. That that comes with that. Um, a lot of scars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that that's kind of the tough thing um, with like progressing the right way in this country is there's not like well now there is more so now with, with being able to fight uh, with elbows as amateurs with pads and things you can kind of s step up in in in. in uh, uh, in the right way as, as opposed to making these giant leaps sure. each time, right. you know, so, so people have the ability to, to progress steadily, you know, where, where for us, it was like, you're fighting smokers or now you're fighting in Thailand. You know what I mean? There was, there's no, there was no middle no in between, you. you know, so it was, well, but that's interesting because, uh, something that I've always thought was, uh, and it, it leaves an advantage. It is an advantage, but I also kind of see it as a disadvantage is, the fight totally changes when you can throw elbows. It's like a hundred percent different. In fact, the the difference between uh, the my fight at here at Four Points and where I was with here, and then the next one, like it didn't click for me until after the fight. And and Jesse came up and said, "You realize that you know had had you been able to throw elbows, which we were supposed to in that fight, <laughs> uh, you'd have knocked him out in the first round." And it was uh -huh. because when I grabbed him, he he was doing this to stop the elbows the oh. whole fight and it totally changed because i mean even when we spar and you get into clinch mode and you're kind of moving around i'm not even 
I've never fought with elbows, like elbows for real before, so I, I don't even think about it. But there's so many moments that I'm now starting to realize, oh, yeah, I could get knocked out with an elbow right now. And then you start thinking, okay, I got to move, move things around here. But the reason why I see it almost as a disadvantage is because when you make that transition, it's almost like you got to relearn the fundamentals. Yeah, it goes when you when you because a lot of times, I don't know if I don't know if you feel the same, but in the, at the amateur level, I feel like people clinch a lot. Uh, when they probably shouldn't. <laughs> like I feel like people default to that because it's uh -huh. kind of comfortable. I know I can speak personally and say that I know I feel much more comfortable in the clinch, yeah. not having to worry about whether I'm going to mess my shins up or anything getting kicked. But I feel like it does. Like, what was your experience making that transition? Did you feel like you kind of had to relearn some of those fundamentals? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like you're comfortable at punching range and kicking range. And then once you clinch, you when you when I first started, I kept trying to punch out. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I had elbows to use, but um, yeah, man, I I was lucky enough to have my my brother drilling me with elbows right away. So like mid fight, and it started to click for me. But that transition period from me, like the first two rounds of throwing punches, I was getting exhausted because I just didn't know my elbow range. Yeah, and I kept missing, and then um. Yeah, so I feel like that adjustment period for me was a little bit easier just because I, I drilled it before. So I was able to make the adjustments in the round, but for somebody it could be different if, if they've never done elbows or integrated it into their their their, um, their rounds hitting pads. You know? I remember the first time that you guys are going to laugh at this, but I remember the first time that we started training elbows because we were doing the Arizona tournament two years ago, mm -hmm. me and Roma and... Uh, who else went with us? Carly? Carly, Carly, I think it was. And uh, Kane said, this is before Jesse came and put the kibosh in ever throwing elbows and sparring. <laughs> Kane is a little bit more like, let them be. Feeds the fire. Yeah. Which I appreciate when he comes in. Solar. Yeah, like, you go, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, I don't remember, uh, Roma and I, none of us had ever thrown an elbow in sparring, anything other than just on pads before <laughs> He and I were chasing each other from like jab range with elbows the whole time because we were like, I wonder if I can throw elbows. So he would like totally, uh, Roman's a little bit obvious anyway, but he would throw this long jab and then I would see him go like this because he was going to throw that yeah. up elbow. And we were like, ah. And then, you know, it sort of, we kept from there, you know, moving on, we, we sort of found the spot and came made fun of us because he was like, I could see you throwing elbows from like three miles away. <laughs> Coming in like from a teep range to throw elbows. But I feel like, you know, for me, th that was something that, that it introduces something else that, that's like, you got to be aware that these things are coming from all sorts of angles. And, and it's not the same as just, you know, uh, as what we're used to, which leads me to, Kevin, you've kind of made the transition, uh, at least of late, you kind of made the transition out of Muay Thai into kickboxing without elbows. Mm -hmm. What have you found? I mean, that's not really introducing anything except that it sort of changes the game a little bit. Yeah. Have you found that it's been difficult to fight not difficult but it adds another layer of, layer of complexity to fight not having that meaning mm -hmm. taking advantage of things that you wouldn't be able to take advantage of in a muay thai fight but in a kickboxing like coming from that knowing yeah that. i mean i was fortunate to have fought so many different styles of fighting coming up boxing kickboxing mma san chow you know so i've had to make those adjustments in those fights and and you know, it's one of those things where you're having to think about what you can't do, you know, where, where in Muay Thai you have so much freedom right. to just 
like the way you train and do what you've always done. Yeah. Um, when you have to start thinking about what you're not allowed to do, it slows you down. You know, anytime you're thinking in there, it's slowing you down. Um, so those first, you know, two, three fights, um, I felt so off. You know, I mean, they, they went well and everything, but uh, I could really notice that I was I was thinking a lot. I was like, oh, that's there. I can't do that. I can't do this. Because uh, we weren't allowed to do sweeps either. You know, like, oh, yeah. like we can catch, but we have to catch and counter. <clears throat> so that was, and which is such a huge part of my game, you know, sure. sweeping. And not not being able to do that, like I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Right, right. You know, like grabbing a kick, I'm like I don't know what to do with my hands. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, that it's it's a very difficult thing uh, to take um, pieces away. You know, you you might think it's easier because there's less to worry about, but it's it's more difficult because you're you're limited. Do you find that this is a very interesting thing? I think for anybody that's listening, this is an important thing that I've harped on in a lot of different areas of life, but do you find that, obviously you, you trained the whole camp leading up to those fights, like mm -hmm. with the mindset, okay, remember, no elbows, like you're trying to train it. But do you find that, just like we talked about before, the switch of going into that aggressive mode of like, gotta kill now, mm -hmm. you find that when the bell rings, it's harder, like even if you've trained something in a particular camp, you still revert back to whatever you're you're like the thing, the things that you've really trained um, yourself to do. Like in that, in that sense, like you, if you're if you're spending a whole training camp with knowing what the rules are going to be, and then you go in and you're still like thinking about it. I didn't because I'm not I'm an overly emotional person, so I can kind of keep my wits about me. Sure, you know, it was more of a thing where I, I see where the openings are. But I know that I'm not allowed to do it. You know, but <laughs> I'm not. not I'm never accidentally <laughs> done that. You sure. know, uh, maybe once in uh, training or something like that, where I, like maybe I got dinked. <laughs> sure. And then I was like, oh, geez, I wasn't supposed to do that. But yeah, I think uh, a lot of that just comes from the training and everything, and knowing that that's not an option for you. You know, you can't do that. Um, what was difficult though was trying to maintain all of my skills throughout um, all of that. Even though I'm not allowed to use them, it's not like I'm just going to stop one right, day right. and just be terrible at it. Because because one, I want to fight Muay Thai again, and right. two, regardless of fighting, just as as a martial artist, you know, I don't want to just lose these abilities. Right. Um, so it's not like I stopped training those things. You know, it was just in in the midst of actual training specifically for these fights. You know, I, I kept that in mind. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing this so long that it, it's not something I really have to think too much about like all right what are the rules all right let's go let's do it, it do you think that's because you i want to hear what you have to say mark too but do you think that's because like at least to a certain extent it's because you've had such a focus on fundamentals yes yes um which so your your the thing you default to is just regular fundamentals yeah yeah and i mean that really it also just really helps you kind of slow down in your mind a, bit, a little bit even at a very high pace um, and have an understanding of what you're doing as opposed to just winging stuff out there. Um, a big thing for me too is I've never sparred with the elbows ever. I, I don't, uh, I don't think there's a benefit to it. You know, uh, one, I think elbow pads, uh, cause a hindrance to you um, because of how you have to hold your arms differently and that kind of thing. Um, people get carried away with them and they still injure each other, cut each other. Um, so, so for me, it's always just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use them, but 
I'll more just show them like when I feel sure. like they're there and I'll, I'll be thinking about them, but it's not, I don't have to hit you to know that I could hit you. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. At all, at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I like, I, I don't like when people use them. Sure. You know, I think it's kind of counterproductive. Um, it's really one of those things that you kind of have to learn on the job and that's where you get to right. practice them. Sure. Yeah. You get to practice them on the bag and pads and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I don't think, uh, there's, a whole lot of benefit. I think there there's more uh, bad than good that that comes with uh, sparring with them. But that's that's just me. You know, I'm not going to tell people that they're, they're you shouldn't do them. Um, yeah. For me to make like that adjustment, if I were to go into kickboxing, I think I would have a harder time than than Kevin would because because his experience. You sure. Know? Sure. I would. Like you've seen me before. Remember when we did that spinning drill? Yeah, <laughs> I went to a place where I just felt like I was rocked. Right. <laughs> so so I, 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 I need to explain this. So, so this is one of my favorite experiences of all time, mostly because I knew exactly. What was <laughs> so we're in sparring, and Jesse, Jesse had us. He was like, "Okay, at the end of sparring, we're going to do this drill. We're going to do drunken sparring, which is just like knockout sparring." So the idea is one person spins around, so they like simulate getting rocked really hard, and then you come out, and then you're supposed to spar the rest of the round. Well, Marvin had to go first, and he started spinning. And I, in my mind, I had this epiphany. I realized, okay, Marvin's probably had this happen. Yeah, he knows and has trained kill coming out of this. Like, just <laughs> swing for the fences, and I was like, I'm about to die. So he came out and the bell started ringing, and I just went directly into like, okay, how can I not die here? So I'm defending the whole time. And then Jesse had to come over. and was like, Marvin, Marvin, it's fine. Come <laughs> I had to see that's that's me being an emotional fighter. So like, once that switch is on, I like. I just have to get better at just controlling myself, you know? But, um, like, as far as making that transition, like, if I were to go into kickboxing, I think I would have a definitely a harder time at, like, thinking about not using tools just because I, I don't have the experience fully yet. Um, Kevin here, he's been fighting for a long time, so it's easy for him or easier for him to make those adjustments. But I'm... Like, I would have to really use some restraint <laughs> on things, you know, because that's just how I am. Sure. You know, I'm pretty sure. an emotional guy, but, yeah, man. Well, my, I mean, a lot of where that comes from, my main sort of the idea that, that I'm getting at is you end up doing what you train yourself to. Mm -hmm. Like, when you get in a fight, there's no time to think. Yeah. You know, once that bell rings, it's like all the plans that you had go out the window and you end up doing what you trained yourself to do. You know what I mean? And if you... You know, it's like we're talking about before. If you end up, if you, if all of your training is just messing around and talking trash, you know, <laughs> actually, like, the bell rings, and now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what you said, right? It's not like it's not like you can get in the ring, and then they're going to ring the bell and be like, "Okay, this guy talked better trash, he wins." You know, like, and you can't like say, "Well, hang on, I won. I did a better job talking trash." Because at that moment, for those you know two or three minutes for those rounds, it's what is he going to do to you, and what are you going to do to him or she? And she right? um, and so, uh, so you know, the, 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 that's an important thing I think that applies across the board in life. You do what you train yourself. When it comes down to it, mm -hmm. you do what you've trained yourself mentally and physically to do. And uh, and so, if you focus on the fundamentals, you do anything that you basically have no weaknesses is what ends up happening. Like as we've seen with Kevin, if you're a little bit more emotional, like <laughs> more inexperienced, like Mark and myself, when the, when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, then it, it becomes a little more dicey. <laughs> Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, training would just, yeah, it's, I feel like, um, 
recently I just made a, a started training with with Jesse and same thing. He's he's been. I feel like I took a step back. Not not a step back, but um, like Kevin was saying, you make a with your athleticism, you kind of make a jump and stop focusing on fundamentals. I feel like I'm going back full circle again and just like re-establishing my fundamentals again and just getting smarter at sure. those things. You know? Sure, sure. Well, speaking of Jesse, speaking of trainers before we came on, mm-hmm. I wanted to see, uh, and you guys might start talking about people that I don't even know, so that's totally fine. Is there a trainer that you know of that you either never had the chance to really work with or didn't get the chance to work with as much as you would have liked to? Is there somebody that's maybe either alive today or not alive today? Or Kevin Ross. Yeah. <laughs> well, we both have on-the-job training. So right here. here. Yeah, we've been... I got, we'll I got punched more. many times back We'll be back again. Uh, for me, like my all-time favorite uh, trainers, uh, as far as Muay Thai goes, uh, Crew Dam at Sigwon Chai and uh, Johnson on... Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to get a lot of work with them over the years, spending time uh, at both places. Um, but they are definitely two people I wish I, I could train with every single day. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever made uh, the leaps that I've been able to um, with with uh, either one of them. Um, you know, and I, I've worked with so many amazing trainers over the years. You know, I, you could take any of them and I, I'd love to. Get, get more than I was able to get with sure. them, you know, um, which is also what makes it tough is that there are so many great ones. Um, and, you know, just like anything else, I think what you need to keep in mind is that just because they're great doesn't mean they're great for you. You know, just because the gym is great doesn't mean you're going to be great there. doesn't mean they'll bring out what's best for you. And that, that I tend to find that's a, a problem. People want to like jump ships so quickly just because, other people have been successful somewhere else. That doesn't mean you will be. Right. You know, um, you got to find what works for you. Like the worst gyms in the world can can bring out the the best fighters in the world just because of their dynamic and, and how they they all operate and you know where where we all are, are learning and growing together. And uh, you know, it's there. It's such a complex thing that there isn't just like one way to do it, and there's not just a, a good on surface person. Uh, might not be good for you at all. It might be the, the opposite, sure. you know, and that's uh, what I think is important to continually be exploring and then um, looking for, and you know, I'll always be learning for those very reasons. Yeah, I think if I could regularly train with my brother again, I think that's. Because he's brought me up from when I first started, and then after he moved out and I, I changed camps, or he moved to Malaysia, that's something I always miss is just having that um, that dynamic with my brother, just like you know hitting pads the way I, I used to hit, or like that's definitely a person I miss a lot in training. Would be would be my brother for sure. Yeah, the biggest thing that I miss is, is when I came up, there were so many great fighters all within, like, Vegas, basically. I mean, most were at my gym, and there were some others. I mean, we're talking, like, like 15, 20 fighters that you can continually train with every single day. Um, that was what was so tough for me uh, moving up to Dublin was I didn't have a single person to train with. You know, I mean, Gaston was still a baby. Basically, you know, he's still a 
little kid, amateur, and I had no training partners. You know, it was, it was very difficult for me to leave. And that's something that's, I mean, you know, people have moved on and retired. I mean, I'm, I'm really on like my third cycle of fighting as far as like generations of fighters sure. go. So it's, it's been a tough thing. Um, you know, in the beginning, when everybody's better than you, it's easy to continually be improving. But when let's that start shifting and you're the, the better one and everyone's you're helping everybody else out and you, like you know you're, you're not progressing as quickly sure you know if anything you might be dropping down if you're not keep if you're not aware enough and right. uh, self-motivated enough to to do be improving um so that's something that that's i always miss is just just knowing that that group of people that i was constantly surrounded by were continually pushing each other you know i'm very fortunate that i, I still have people who do that but it's 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 much smaller scale. Sure, sure. So so um, for anybody that's listening that is training, what could you what would you guys say for you if you were training with them? What's the best way they can be a good training partner? Learn how to train with everybody. Um, you know, if, if you have the ability to train and learn from everybody, then then. The, the world is, is limitless to you. You know, uh, that was something, another thing that was very um, beneficial coming up was we were forced to train with everybody, like the little kids, girls, guys, big, small. And you So, learn, yeah, when you say train with everybody, you're talking about sizes, experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Match people where they're Right, right. Where, where a lot of times we, we limit ourselves to only specific people. Now, you do need to do that to a degree because you know uh, safety reasons and all kinds of other reasons but even like even for me now it's like i don't have this vast amount of people that are that are higher levels than me you know but i can still get just as much benefit out of people who aren't because of my approach and my mentality and like knowing that there's always things you can work on um whether it's just my vision, you know, while I'm working with somebody who doesn't threaten me as much, I, I have a lot, I'm a lot more comfortable to work on the things I'm not as good at, you know, and uh, people like me. Yeah. I, I don't want to <laughs> say it, <laughs> but at the same time, I have to, I have to keep myself very honest because it's easy for me to get lazy in that situation because right. I'm not as threatened. Well, see, that's, that's a part of an interesting point too, is that there is a line. It's not just, you know, uh, come and, and, and just match like the intensity because sometimes you know it's it's kind of about it's not quite as like set in stone it's like reading what's this person trying to do today mm -hmm. and do I need to like push him a little bit you know yeah. maybe I can't I can't really hurt you like I'm not really going to do any I'm not trying to hurt you but I can't like really <laughs> land that much but that doesn't mean that I'm there just sort of like moving around like yeah. being more defensive like I still should try because mm -hmm. that's what helps you mm -hmm. to see for things from a different angle you know what I mean yeah. and Again, we talk about contrast in terms of skill. Like, you're not going to get much from me, obviously. But in that same idea, you know, I could plenty. The other people that are uh, the other people that you know that we're training with that are same size, similar size, bigger, small, whatever. Being able to sort of read, it's like, you know, part of the reason why I ask that question is I feel like a lot of people come into training and they have the, only what they're trying to do. And they're yeah. not really worried about the fact that. We, we grow together. Yeah. You know? Well, you're going to be very limited on your training partners. Yeah. Nobody wants to train. More than likely, people aren't going to want to train with you at all. Yeah. Or you're just going to get the crap kicked out of you because <laughs> you're, you're trying to prove a point every time right. that you're in there. So it's finding that balance between 
adjusting to your partner's ability level, but not to where you're getting lazy with it. Right. And where you're, where you're both testing each other and pushing each other, but you might just have to push yourself in a different way because they can't push you physically, but you can push yourself physically, you can push yourself mentally, you can keep yourself very honest, you can work on specific things. Um, you know, just being the more aware you are of what's happening and how to approach it, um, the more you're going to get out of it. Sure. You know, instead of just going in there and going through the motions. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Mark? I think like, like having that support group, having, having a team with you, it helps a lot. Like keeping each other accountable and then just showing support, man. Like showing up to fights or even shooting somebody attacks, mm-hmm. you know, whether they won or lost. I think that goes a long way, man. That, that helps a lot. For me, having, uh, I'm lucky to have a lot of good people around me. So like those texts here and there, they, they help out a lot. Or even if you haven't seen that person in the gym in a while, just shoot them a text, have that accountability. That helps. For me, that helped a lot. Yeah, building that, that community and feeling like yeah. you have people that have your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, for me, what's so important is just being around, being in an environment that motivates you and brings that things out of you. And, and again, that might not necessarily mean it's the best technical gym. It's, it's the atmosphere sure. sometimes. Sure. It's the vibe that's there. Yeah. It's the yeah. motivation of the people that are there. It's, it's all these things that, that again, are, are so complex and different to each individual. It's, it's just what works best for you. And that might not be the best gym that there is, you know, it might be a hole in the wall, somebody's garage, but you get more out of that than you would somewhere else. Right. You know, and, 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 um, just being aware of that and and that fact and, and understanding where you get the most benefit and who brings out the most benefit to you. And and there's so many different areas of that physically, mentally, spiritually, all these things that kind of play into what will uh, make you the best person and, and fighter that you can be, you know, and that's very different for every individual. So to build off of that, um, what do you guys, what is, what is your, this is a, I, I laugh because this is a somewhat divisive question, uh, but I think that we're all sort of on the same page, but I feel like there are nuances to it, which is what do you feel about hard sparring? Like, like, what is hard sparring? And Kevin, you come from a different world. So hard sparring to you, even for what we've experienced, I, I, I imagine is a different, it's like a different level than anything that we've experienced before. I mean, I hear some of the stories from just what Kane and Artem used to, used to do to, to each other not that long ago, but yeah, I would imagine. It used to be pretty bad. Um, I mean, talking like daily, every day, fighting basically with each other. Um, and... But at the same time, I can't say it was necessarily bad because it's also what helped me get to where I got to. That's kind of that's kind of what I mean by there's nuance to it. Like, like it's not like never hard spar, but it's also don't not hard spar. Right. It's it's just like everything else. Being intelligent and aware of the pros and the cons of what you're dealing with and and why you're doing what you're doing in that. Um, just mindlessly going through the motions is, is pointless and counterproductive. Um, you know, there's, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, the more experienced you get, the more 
you can be very technical and smart and the less you have to spar and you know in the beginning you got to get the work in and you got to know that you can you know keep your wits about you in the midst of firefight you know but there still is a, a um a balance there to where you're 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 causing more harm than good you right know? and more often than not that tends to be the case you know more often than not people are doing way too much going way too hard way too often um you know and that that that's a, that's a it's a hard thing um you know it, it it's it's more difficult here because we don't get to fight as often say as they do in thailand i mean they they hardly ever spar hard if at all right you know the the first camp i ever went to i think we sparred i was there for three months and we sparred three times and it was only boxing we only ever did technique ever you know, and that was something that was, it was, it was difficult for me because that was always a way I gauged what kind of shape I was in and how sharp I was. Right, you right. know, I was like, I don't know how I feel right. going into this fight. But what I found amazing was I wasn't hesitant to throw anything, you know, because I wasn't, uh, you know, when we spar all the time, we, there, there's certain things we know that we do well and there's certain things that, that we don't do well, but we also don't take into account we're training these people every single day. They know what we're good at. Right. They know to avoid certain things. Right. But the person you're fighting has never seen you ever. You know, so you've right. completely limited so many things that you probably do really well just because they weren't working on the person that you were with. Um, you know, what can be helpful here, because we don't have that that going on, is is trying to mix up your, your training partners from time to time. You know, like go visit another gym. Like, you know, that's why it's really good to get that cross training in um and it's very important you know but but people get so um like we're not allowed to do that if you go over there you're going to want to go go with stay with right, them and right. you know it's cross it, it, it really limits our ability to grow you know um you know we're, we're all trying to just be better and we, we stick ourselves in this hole um because we we can't get along or or, or jealousy or right. any other reasons right. you know, where there we have there's so many like fighters out there like if we could all just help each other out even right. if it's beating each other up right you know right. we could get a lot more out of it um but yeah that's something i mean these days I, I i would say i never spar hard which i used to do on a daily basis you know even my heart now is very controlled yeah you know it's never like fighting um and i'm very i'm very aware of what we're doing who I'm in there with and, and kind of where that level is, how hard I can go with this person right. and, and, and vice versa. I know that, that they're, you know, I don't do that with people that I don't trust and know, you know, I mean, that's why I don't just spar with anybody because of that reason. Right. Or if I am going with somebody that I'm not comfortable with, I'm going to be very mindful about what it is I'm doing, how hard I'm going, um, you know, and that, that kind of thing. Sure. Thank Initially, when you start off, well, when I first started, I did a lot of hard sparring. But as I fought longer, it's just, it's not going to work out. You know, you, sure. you end up getting hurt and injured all the time. But I think it's necessary initially to, if, like, starting off as an amateur, you kind of need those sessions and get your licks in. Yeah. Try to figure out what your your limits are at first. But as far as like hard sparring every day man i now lately i don't i barely hard spar not as much as i used to yeah but and then i think it's just like everybody's getting smarter on how they train and stuff so like and then a lot of 
like had traumas happening with a lot of people right. too. So like you kind of got to pick and choose. Like, that, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, I feel like there, it is necessary from an emotional standpoint <laughs> to a certain extent. And, and even, it's not even just, you need to learn what it's like to get hit, which happens at the beginning. Like I feel like there's still to the, like, there are moments when you're, you know, preparing for a fight or you're helping somebody else prepare for a fight. And there's like, there's this moment, the second half of a round where they go into like flow state and they start throwing and it's like, you gotta, you gotta push them, keep, I mean, I've seen you guys go and there's just moments where you're not, you don't go into it. You're not looking at like, I mean mugging each other across the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like the round sort of builds in intensity and you kind of go back and forth and it's like a conversation mm -hmm. more than like a, a statement where somebody's yeah. just coming into talking. And I feel like, I feel like my, the, the, the training sessions where I've grown the most have been where there's a, a good back and forth. Somebody's mm -hmm. really good for me is Kenny. If you guys work with him, have you sparred with Kenny? One of our guys here, I he's come him. so rarely that I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we've never met him. But he's one where he matches the intensity, matches the intensity. so well. You know what I mean? And it, it's it, a very good you grow coming out of those sessions, like one, you know, three minutes sparring round, you grow so much because you see, okay, he's, he's changed. He's seeing things that I'm doing and he's changing it up and coming back. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's, there's definitely a time and a place, but just, and obviously I, I haven't been doing this long enough to have any serious damage done to me. Plus I'm bigger than most people. So I can take a little bit more than some people can. Not much, but I can take a little bit more. But I feel like, although it's, it's kind of like we've talked about before, it's, it's not black and white. It's not the never hard spar or never spar. And I think a lot of times there's uh, the, the some of the conversations that come out in the media. I know that um, Franz Ahab was on Joe Rogan. They talk about they never spar, and then you got Cerrone talking about he never spars, and then other people that are talking about you know you got all the OGs in the UFC that like murdered each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like this, it's kind of a gradient, but I, you know my thought has always been that there is a you have to be aware, and I like what you said, Kevin, about just being being you know smart about like intelligent about okay. You know, this is what we're trying. This is what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. Is like improve each other and go to that place. Because um, I, I think for me, the biggest thing about hard sparring is, and and uh, I'd be interested to see if, if this relates. If you guys can relate to this at all, but I'm sure anybody else who's like starting, getting new, uh, new into into any type of combat sport is, you get beat up a lot, and it's like you have to find the place where you decide, okay. I'm going to get you with something. There's like that transition where you go from, okay, my job is to come here and be punched. And for a good long time, I came to sparring thinking, all right, well, that's my job is like, I'm here. I'm kind of like more passive and stuff. But I feel like if you're going to make that transition and actually get into the ring, you kind of have to be able to find that, you know what I mean? That, that, that moment. And so, you know, the going a little bit harder and, and responding when somebody else goes a little bit harder is something you have to be able to do, mm -hmm. even though it's not something that you should, like look for like oh, take him out mm -hmm. it's like finding that that again not not going over or turning on that switch too much right you know right. and still making it beneficial for both of you right yeah yeah so um uh so one other couple of more questions that i have and then i'm you know uh, i we can see how where it goes but the the first one is um the other thing that, that I thought was interesting in that, that documentary that they did with Senchai and, and Pet Wenchu was they talked about how one of the things, the points they were making is that Muay Thai, even in Thailand, was shifting from a technical game to more of an athletic game where people were clinching more. 
it was an interesting thing because that fight was like the perfect example of Sanchai, who's like widely considered one of the best technicians. Uh, Kevin can speak to that from personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, and Pepponchu is a is a clincher and just just dominant in the clinch, mm -hmm. and that was sort of on fire, right? Um, do you feel uh, that that is also true over here? Do, I mean, do you have any like? Do you prefer watching or fighting with people that are more one style versus the other? And like, what 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 are your thoughts on that whole sort of that whole like the debate versus like is is Muay is pure Muay Thai more of like the 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 fluid technical moving around versus you know more athletic clinch being bigger being stronger and being able to dominate that way i don't think that you i think that we try to put uh, muay thai into a box uh particularly here um where we think muay thai is one way um like uh we all think like muay thai is like sagged from street fighter <laughs> and it's like yeah. We don't, like most people don't understand how complex it is even in Thailand, how many different styles there are, right. punchers, kickers, movers, clinchers, um, you know, we're so quick to jump on that, well, that's not Muay Thai if you do it like that, right. if you fight kind of like stylish or kickboxing, so I'm like, there's Thais that fight that way too, like, why do you think that? Because you're, you're ignorant to right. um, the broad span of, of styles that there are in the sport. Um, and people tend to limit themselves because they think there's like this way of fighting, you know, when there's not. There's just however you take the rule set and apply it um, out there, you know. And, um, yeah, there's, there's certain styles that, 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 that I enjoy more. You know, I enjoy people just going there and beat the hell out of each other, you know. And that's, right. you know, just what I love to watch and, you know, kind of what probably why I fight the way that I do because that that's what I find entertaining and um, enjoy but but I I take a lot from watching those very slick skilled people um, as well as just the ones that just grind you out and the clinchers and that thing and you know I, I, I have an appreciation for every every ability level um, and style um, but yeah I prefer the guys that uh, Kind of stay a little bit on the outside, and, uh, but not too much. Right, right. Just that that fine line, like we're fighting. Right, like right. always fighting, and uh, um, yeah, those are the guys that, that I like to watch. I like watching clinchers, guys that clinch, because that's something I'm weak at, and I feel like it's the hardest thing to learn. There's so many little things in clinch, and so hard to do. It's so hard to so do. So I just like watching clinchers, but like. I'm kind of like Kevin, like I kind of just go, you know, I just swing and I, I, I like the, um, and just kind of fight, fight on my, if I'm going out, I'm going out, you know, but that I, I really do like, um, watching clinches and I've made a, a little bit more of a, a effort this time around to really try to break down clinch with, with Jesse and with Kevin and try to get better at it. But for me personally, I, do really like watching clinches because it's, it's just so hard to execute. It's so hard. To execute. It's, it, uh, one thing that I've found in, in my in my extremely like not very well educated, not very well experienced mind is that it's it's there's so much more happening than you could possibly understand. Mm -hmm. you know, even my little small, small experience of sparring and the, the few fights that I've had and clinched through most of them, 
just because I'm bigger than the other guy. I, I lay on it and it works out for me. It's great. It's perfect. Um, but uh, there's just so much that's happening there that, like, you then you go and you watch the, the high level guys do it entirely. You're like, how is he? It looks so easy. Is back that? Yeah. How is he turning? How, how is that guy doing that to that guy? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, you know, it's awesome. I, uh, part of the reason I think why I go there is, you know, when I think a lot of times you'll, you'll have people compare styles and they'll think, oh, well, this. You know, this guy will come in, everybody's fighting a certain way, and this guy will come in and fight a different way. Um, and it will, and it, the people aren't, the, nobody's expecting it, right? And so he's going to win. But I like what you say, Kevin, about that, like, that's what fighting is. Can you find a way to come in and do something that people aren't expecting at, at any level? Even if, it, if it's systemic, where everybody fights a certain way and you come in a different way, mm -hmm. or just you know that you, know, you come in and this guy wants to fight a certain way, and so you take it a different way. Like, a good example of this, I was just watching. Uh, highlight video of your i don't know if it was your last line fight but the one uh i don't even know who the guy was but he was not last line fight two i think two line fights ago the one with the jumping knee where you were you were head oh, movement time head movement yeah <laughs> or the jumping knee that got done to me yeah that was thompson yes thompson that's yes. right first of all that 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 knee in slow motion is just a, a thing of beauty i think maybe on the recording i'll have to put a superimpose that because it's amazing that's really <laughs> but it, but on and but the the thing about that fight and i hadn't even noticed this before because we always i mean i am always thinking oh sweet highlight reel the jumping knee but that whole fight you were employed I, I wouldn't say it was fully like boxing head movement but you were doing a lot of things that mm -hmm. we are a lot of times we are specifically told not to do in yeah Muay Thai. yeah because you were moving now in that case is that a case of if you can put yourself back there is that a case of you knew that you know his style you read him very well and so you knew that that was going to work or you just that's just what you were mm, it definitely wasn't something that i was kind of planning on doing uh i mean it's something that i do when it's there and work on time to time and you know but it wasn't something that i really drilled to to fight in that way it's just kind of the way that the the fight went and um you know uh having the ability to do that from doing it for years and years and years allowed it to come out in the fight you know i didn't uh, necessarily specifically go in there to do that kind of thing um but yeah again all of that does come from an understanding of fundamentals understanding when you can move your head and when you can dip and when you can cut angles and when you can do these things and being able to read your opponent correctly and and make those adjustments in there and then uh you know with a guy like thompson who has a really great boxing skills you know that that that's why that came out a lot more where most people and why you don't often you know see this particularly in, in my fights is their boxing skills are so limited there doesn't need to be much of that you sure, know in order sure. to avoid what's happening really just jam it up and, and it's like one or two punches is, is not very hard to deal with but somebody that's thrown in combination someone that's throwing um with correct form and technique and power and speed and all those things you gotta you know adjust your your defense to to that you know and so i think that's what brought that out in me was his ability level and you know i uh, Again, that's that's why I love uh, watching and fighting guys like that because I I I enjoy fighting people that I enjoy that I would enjoy watching fight because yeah. I'm in there too. Yeah, and that <laughs> was a and the whole that fight holds up. That's a that's a, that is an enjoyable fight to watch because it is so much of him coming in with the boxing and you doing the slick little moves and coming around and like he caught you with some stuff and you mm -hmm. caught him with some stuff and then there's the jumping knee and then good night. Speaking of that to kind of build into that a little bit. Do you find, this is a question for both of you, 
Do you find that there's a moment where you realize what they're doing? Like when you pick up on patterns, you've, you've told me before, you spend the first round or so letting them tell you what to do, and then you tell you. No, you said even better. I don't do that. You said <laughs> so you, you said, can do that. What you said was I do that when training. <laughs> what you said was I usually spend the first round letting you tell me where to hit you. And yeah. then I spend the next few rounds hitting you there. Yeah, that's, that's you. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, you don't even need a full round. You need like the first 10 seconds. You know exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, but do you find, so I know that you, that it's an innate thing when you train to see things that are happening, when you pick up on patterns. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's like, a, you, you see it, you're like, I know what he's doing. Or do you find that you go into more of a, like a, I say flow state, it's kind of a, a woozy term, but do you go more into this place where it just sort of, comes out I you know like you just your body just reacts to things because it knows what to react I think to. it's just like experience man like um, I feel like for you, you you slow things down pretty quick and you're able to pick things apart but I feel like I'm gonna get there at some point <laughs> but right now for me it's like it's real flowing so once I just find my rhythm and flow I just end up going and I don't know if I'm making these adjustments on the fly but yeah, I think with this experience, you, you get to start like slowing things down and be able to to make smarter decisions on what you're going to come or come back with. But it's all experience, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, your training allows it to become a thing that you flow into as opposed to being a conscious thought. Um, there are. Th- you know, there are times you, you pick up on some things like, oh, I see that they're doing this a lot. I'm going to do that. But it still is a more natural thing, not as thought out as, as you think it would be, it, it, for me anyways. Um, you know, it's just it's just knowing how to react accordingly. It's not, I'm sitting there, okay, so I'm going to handle that, and I need to slip off like this every time I throw this. You know, it's not like that. Um, but it seems like that when you're sparring you. <laughs> Well, I mean, the funny, the funny thing is, it's like going with you and knowing. Whenever I spar with you, like in my, in my mind, I think, okay, this is a guy who like can, he's got yeah. experience. Obviously, he's gonna he's gonna wipe the floor with me. Not even a question. Uh, but um, is yeah, I will I will pick up on things that you're doing, mm-hmm. but only because you hit me with them like twenty times. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, and but this is the thing, and I think it speaks to your point too, is that it's not something you can think about. Mm-hmm. Because like the last, I think the last round we did a couple weeks ago when you were here, uh, I think you hit, I think you landed some like 35, 40 leg kicks like right in a row. And I knew after about 10 that you were going to keep throwing them, but I didn't block any until the last one. Yeah. Like the five seconds before the bell ring, I finally blocked one. And I think part, obviously part of that is because you, you were putting me in positions where I wasn't going to be able to block it. But also, you know, it's not something where you can just say, Oh, I picked up on it. Now I'm going to react to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, because what we don't often think about is they're also reacting to your reaction. Right. Like just because you, I can tell you what I'm going to do, but there's a million ways for me to do that. It's not one way. It's not, Oh, just pick my leg up and check it. You know, like right. I can set it up with, with, with everything, you know, and that's why you see high level guys continually do the same thing to every person they're in there with. Well, why is that? People know what they're going to do. They know how they're going to fight. They know what their strengths are, but you can't stop them because it's not just, there's not just one way that they're doing this. There's an infinite number of possibilities for them to set this technique up. And that's what's really happening, even though it's not as apparent to an outside viewer that that's what's really going on. Yeah. You know, and once you really dissect it and look at it closely, you can go back 
and watch the adjustments that they make from one fight to another fight to a different stylistic person like how is this person able to land the same technique on every single person they're in there with regardless of what's happening in the fight right, right. and that's really when um you know you can learn a lot from that and and, and again where um you know the complexity of fundamentals comes into play is is you can do the same thing to everybody you were making these microscopic adjustments you know and having the ability to do that is what will allow you to to progress and then to add more pieces in there um, you know so you can really stick to one thing and spend your whole life on it you know and, and never get bored because yeah. it's infinite how much you can learn and do um, with just one thing and there's an infinite number of things that we can do so it's like you really just have to kind of pick a small group right. of That's things because thing, yeah. there's just so much yeah. you know it's impossible to do um, learn everything and to do everything and definitely not to be good at everything right you know totally. you, you find your base your fundamentals of course and then like your base of how you apply those fundamentals and you kind of to get a stick in this group right you know once in a while we're playing around out here and kind of trying to continually put in pieces but we're always Mainly, as John McPart would say, okay, now we're throwing spinny shit, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, right. so, but only, but only, and he said specifically, uh -huh. only when he knows, like when it's clear to everybody that he's winning. Yeah, or, like, I mean, that's that, it, yeah. it's yeah, just being aware of the situation you're in. You know, be like, okay, now I can get away with this. You yeah. know, now I can kind of relax in right. this area, right? And I can um, play around in this area over here, and you know, that's why technical sparring gives you the ability to play around with new things if you're sparring hard you're only working on what you're good at and you're falling back on what you know you're never going to progress you're just going to just stay where you're at and be very solid in that you're not going to get any better and you're not going to develop um as a fighter and that's where the um progression comes into play is when we're when we're practice, practicing and we're playing around you know when we're trying new things doing stupid stuff that we'd never ever do in a fight yeah like how do you get the ability to do that you, you got to play around with it right and practice it sure yeah sure all right well uh last question i have for both of you and uh, this shouldn't be that hard I'll try. This was the, <laughs> say that I, did all, I did all the hard questions at the beginning and now we'll do these <laughs> set me up for failure it's two parts your and it might be the same in your opinion greatest muay thai fighter of all time and also if it's different your favorite muay thai fighter of all time <laughs> obvious one um robin deckers just because i'm on a fight like that it's just awesome. unstoppable unstoppable <laughs> unbreakable that guy just goes forward and kills people <laughs> he's yeah probably my favorites for sure Okay. You think he's the greatest of all time? Cool. What do you think? Greatest of all time. Hmm. Kevin Rose. <laughs> no, obviously. He can't say himself. We we're obviously saying. No. <laughs> um you know, uh there's there's a few. Um, you know, Sanchai being one of them for sure. Um, you know, and obviously the fact that he's still fighting um helps you to think that he is, but 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 to, I don't think there's been anybody that has competed at his level for the length of time that he has and been as successful 
as he has. So, so I think that's what uh, separates him from other um, guys that are right up there with him. Um, is just just the the length of time he's been doing this and still doing this at at that very high level. Even though nowadays it's you know mostly just you know guys. <laughs> Guys, that he can do that too. Well, now he's in that mode of like, now I can play around. But still, like, 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 like what, what, what we don't think about though is like those are just as dangerous, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like one to like keep yourself in the mind frame of I'm gonna like school this guy, you know, and and, and one you're in a very dangerous situation where they can still land something, right? right. They can still beat you. They're not, not chumps either. It's not like no. it's, they didn't just pull someone off the street. And they're, they're, uh, uh, even though they look, you can still <laughs> you can lose to anybody. You can get hurt to anybody. Totally. You can trip, fall, break your ankle. And, and yet he just keeps going and keeps going. It's really a, a remarkable thing. I think that's just. I don't think there's been everyone in the that's ever done that. And uh, you know, if you want to like like argue like levels of people and who who fought the highest level in the most consistent amount of time yeah then then you, things might might start to change at that but but yeah as far as the, the the broader picture goes yeah i don't think there's anybody that's ever done that uh, as far as who's my favorite fighter to watch ever uh well wong chun is my favorite fighter ever um deckers for sure and uh points in me those are probably my top three that are my favorite fighters of all time. So uh, we're going to close. I just want to, I want to, we ain't got to ask you though. Well, so, so uh, I don't even allow myself to think about greatest of all time because I haven't, <laughs> I've, you know, I've only seen like, oh, I haven't seen very many fights at all. So <laughs> I have to take what other people say. Uh -huh. But if in my, in my extremely uh, uneducated opinion, I like Sanjay. I think both at no, both from a stylistic standpoint, but I also really like Pat Munchu. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think, and I, so quickly, most of that is because when I first started training, everybody talked about Sanjay as being one of the best. And then I went and was watching his videos, and then I watched the video where where Pat Munchu beat him, mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh, oh. So now mm -hmm. I had to think about it differently. But one of the things, so speaking of Sanjay, and since we have Kevin here, I have to just say, in closing, when when uh, when we when I first started training. There was a, this is right when um, the right when the season, House of Cards, the not the last season, but the season before that came out, and it was all the radio. Everybody was talking about House of Cards, and um, and it came out. And the night that it came out, I was a huge House of Cards fan. And that night, I had been on a YouTube kick of just watching old fights, and I came across, I think, for the third or fourth time, the time that Kevin fought Sanjay, and uh, and I remember this not only because the fight's awesome, it's fun to watch. Um, uh, but uh, that night, I posted on Instagram, uh, House of Cards is on tonight, but I'm still watching reruns of Kevin Ross versus Sanchai. <laughs> and this is the thing that's crazy about it. I posted it like later at night. Both Kevin and Sanchai liked the post. And I was like, <laughs> I can die I'm happy man now. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the top of the game. No one can touch me. Uh, and that was, that was I, I'll always remember that. And I felt, even since then, see, we haven't even, didn't know each other at that point, but I feel um, like we've had a connection since, since then. You know, I feel like you understood, you know, where I was coming from. All that stuff. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for coming over. This has been a lot of fun. We'll, next time you're down, Kevin, we'll have to do this again. Like it's a, a running thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, this is, this is greatness, uh, that we're sitting here on the couch. So, yeah, greatness <laughs> all the way from the top to the bottom. So. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Man.
Awesome. I think I got you out. Are you still going to go do... Thanks again for listening. Big shout out and huge thank you to Kevin and Marvin for sitting down with me and being willing to uh, put up with my weird questioning uh, for that long of a period of time. Hopefully we'll get them back soon. Again, if you would like to have them answer some questions, we're probably going to do another one of these. So uh, hit us up on the website, um, download the Anchor app and send us some voice messages or just hit us up you know, on all the different socials and uh, we'll get some questions answered for you. Um, if you would like to see anything more of the stuff that I'm doing, uh, my name is Brett Martin. You can head over to brettwardjames.com. That's Brettward like Squidward, but with a B-R-E-T instead. Head over there and, uh, and check it out. Otherwise, for Think Like Me or Don't, I'm Brett Martino. Peace.